Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to Soul Sisters, everybody. Jesse Katz here. Dara Golub here. Two 90s girls coming at you with the, with the, I don't know, an iconic 90s girl. For sure. On the show today, Vanessa Carlton. MTV era, deep TRL, MTV era, 90s, yes. female, piano playing rock star. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A Thousand Miles was everywhere in our lives and brains and... And, Not and, iPods because we didn't have right. them then. But Walk discmans, discmans, disc yeah. CD players in the car uh-huh. in high school. Yep. Um, and just MTV, it just reminds me of that whole time when you would turn on, I think, feel it was like 3.30. Mm-hmm, totally. Carson Daly, yep, MTV school. video rundowns, the lost era. Yeah. But, um, by the way, someone just showed me this uh, video on YouTube that is Grand Theft Auto set to a thousand miles because I guess there's a thing you can do in Grand Theft Auto where you're like playing a piano and like zooming down the street, like the like thousand the, miles music video. So like that's an, a, so a like music a player, option. There's like a within, player in the game. What a random! That's like such like, a juxtaposition. I know it's that's really, so random. Really yeah. <laughs> anyway, but so she's still very relevant totally. to culture today. And her new record is is beautiful, beautiful and different and new and sounds Liberman. Liberman, right? And Liberman Live, mm-hmm. which um, she's touring on right now. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, so she popped by and talked about all the things from the 90s through now. and Persevering. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, Thriving. Through stardom. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, well, here it is, Vanessa Carlton on Soul Sisters. Hi, <laughs> nice to meet you. He's, he's our male ally. <laughs> we have many. Is Victor in there? Okay, cool. Victor's our canine ally. Yes. He's the mascot, yes. (laughs) All right. So, big day for Soul Sisters. Vanessa Carlton is here. Vanessa, hello. Hello. And you have uh, a special friend joining us at the top of the episode. Yes. Will you please introduce our other extra guest? This is my friend and teacher, Tina Schaefer. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, Hello, Tina. Hi, you guys. um, All right, explain your relationship for those listening. Okay, so Tina and I met when I was about 17, working on my first batch of demos. I think I had just left ballet school, and she was teaching me a vocal technique. She's amazing. Well, she's a a songwriter herself, opera singer. I should just be letting you talk. Um, Vocalist. And because I think she's trained in opera... Um, she had this amazing vocal, vocal techniques to avoid getting nodes 
on your vocals. So when people lose their voice or get super raspy, it's that their chords are rubbing the wrong way. Anyway, she taught me this amazing technique back when I was 18. I've never gotten um, nodes. And most importantly, she booked me at my first <laughs> real gig ever in New York City <laughs> at the singer-songwriter circle at the bitter end. So right. Tina, you can tell them yeah. more about what that is. But yeah. so tell us you about can take little it. Vanessa. Little <laughs> Vanessa. We know oh, lots God. about little That's Vanessa. That's not what I meant. <laughs> we have videos of you when you were little Vanessa, oh, how old were you when you your picture your mother sent to us? Oh my God, I think we're. Just, I mean, I met you when I was probably Six, seventeen. Sixteen or seventeen. Yeah, yeah. You were just leaving ballet school, and I yeah. met you through. At then, he was a radio promoter who I believe worked for Atlantic Records, and his name was Herb Rosen. Yes, Herb Rosen. And I always want to give people credit where credit is due. And he's he's still bumping around. I think he's living in Florida, but he was how I met Vanessa. He's an OG, that guy. (laughs) Old school. Oh, old school. Original gangster. Yes. Sorry. Oh, yes. I'm so It's like whatever about. (laughs) No, it's annoying. Sorry. I'm like, you're so not. Um, I think but, you're an OG. It's okay yeah, if you don't yeah. know what it means. You are also one. I'm an old gangster? Yeah. 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 It's like the highest compliment. Oh, that's yes, the highest compliment. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. Oh, brother. Um, yeah, and I met Vanessa, and I and he gave me, at that time, a cassette tape of her music. And it was so, being from a classical background, it was so piano-driven and so beautiful and so intelligent. And Wait, I sh- where did you record that, Vanessa? It was just... In my parents' house yeah. in like Pennsylvania. So, yeah, yeah, not very organic. Yeah, uh-huh. it's a Songs cassette that you had tape. Written? Yeah, okay. Cassette yeah. tapes sound good. I think art even was when they're like bad songs, I feel like it just makes day every was on that, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. I remember we I booked you for the first um, New York Songwriter Circle. It had just started in 1991. It's now 25 years old. Um, but yeah, legendary. Legendary. Tell them some of the artists that play that because it's actually many artists play that circle and then go on to have like these yeah. big careers yeah well that's true including starting with you um and nora jones and mm-hmm. jesse harris and lana del rey i'm uh, big and rich uh, gavin DeGraw. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's been yeah. unbelievable. And so you sit with other songwriters yeah. and play yeah. your tunes in a it's, circle. It's an yeah. in the round yeah. that's really, uh, was taken from the uh, Bluebird, really. Yeah, the Nashville thing. The yeah. Nashville thing. Yeah. And Ken Gorka, the late Ken Gorka, who yeah. we both loved, uh, who owned The Bitter End. Uh, it was his brainchild. And then I got to, to run it all these years. And, oh. you know, we just used people on our Rolodexes yeah. back then. And we were all starting out in the business together. None of us had made any money. None of us, had, you know, we were just starting out. Mm-hmm. And I remember just being so moved by Vanessa. And I introduced her to my then husband and still friend, <laughs> uh, Peter Sizzo, who became uh-huh. a, a, one of her producers. Mm-hmm. And also saw the talent in her. And then she's come back to do the circle. I love New York because only in a place like this, well, I, I literally, like I said, I just drew, drove in from Massachusetts this morning. And like Tina's a friend and she's like, I'm not going to be coming through. I'll come say hi. And then like, here we are. Yeah. Like only in New York. You <laughs> it's know? true. It's a block it's away. Mm-hmm. It's, it's awesome. so amazing. Yeah. It is. What do you each remember about that first gig? Oh, I don't remember it at all. Actually, <laughs> I remember. Yeah. I totally remember something. Oh, no. And you're gonna laugh. You're gonna call me. What did you get? OG, OD, yeah, OG. OG. I remember telling you you played Ordinary Day, and I said that could be a hit song. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I remember hearing that song, and it was so raw. 
She yeah. was such a diamond in the rough. Uh-huh. You know, her voice was very different back then. But so she did you study classical like together? <laughs> no, she... It's um, a combination, right? Yeah. Latina taught me... She was my vocal coach. So she's like a, pro, you know, a properly trained singer. And a lot of the artists, I guess, that you would come across, you would also give them lessons. I needed lots of help back then. I don't think I even, like, really got footing on my voice until about five years ago, to yeah, be honest. beautiful. But, um, yeah, that, I remember that. That was cool because... That song, Ordinary Day, I had been told by this very famous producer once I had gotten signed that that's a nice song. I can't remember his name. He like produced a lot of the early Madonna stuff. Mm. And he was like, we're just going to have to change the, the time signature, but I think that will be a great song. Mm. I was like, change the time signature? He's like, waltzes <laughs> don't get played on the radio. Oh, please. <laughs> and I was like, in my mind, it's so funny. I was like such a stubborn little yeah. at such an early age because he had such a bigger like track record than I did I did, had done nothing but mm. I in my mind I was like no it oh. can only be a waltz like right. how do you turn a waltz into anything else that's right. so that's so sweet that you yeah, I, I think that, that was probably helpful to me that you had said something about the songs I was like no I feel like it can work like this you know yeah, yeah. when you're young you're so like I know. malleable and malleable yeah. and taking everyone else's well you didn't you were very you held to your own it was really a, a true artiste and here she <laughs> is that's a nice yeah. way to put it yeah. <laughs> this is great the, Today is the day without women. International. And here we all are together. If they're looking for us, they can know where we were. Great idea. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining. Thank you. It's such a pleasure. Absolutely. So I feel like we got a little bit of the uh, backstory, but I want to just go a little bit more further back if we could. When did you start taking piano lessons? When I was very young, like probably three-ish, four, because my mother is a pianist and a piano teacher. Like, there's no way around it. Um, <laughs> Did she Was she your first teacher? Yeah. Of course. And she taught at home. So all the kids would come to our house twice a week. And, I, like, she taught kind of like this Montessori style. So it would be, like, group lessons. But then we'd each get our own time at the piano with her overseeing us. And then we'd go back into the group. And there was, like, lollipops. And, like, she really Whoa. nailed it with the vibe back then. <laughs> so I was into it. Yeah, so it wasn't like a trickier thing because she was your mom and you're like, no, mom, I don't want to listen to you. It was like a, a pleasant experience. Yeah, and I and wanted to good. be part of all the other kids, yeah. you know, and I knew I was the youngest one, and it was cool. So you picked it up easily, and then practicing was easy, and just so like from three, four, you were on the path. No, no, no. I would say, uh, you know, my mother is pretty progressive and she though she was classically trained and was you know I am classically trained on the piano so those are many of the pieces that I learned um she would also let me improvise over certain parts of the music so she would not correct me all the time and that was like a strategic choice on her part and I think that led to now like Sky and I discussed this Sky who's playing violin later you know, we're both classically trained, but we have the freedom to write and improvise. And I think that comes from the way and the style that you were trained mm-hmm. sometimes. That makes sense. You know? And uh, I feel like that makes you a very comfortable live performer, right? Uh, that was like, I will call that a muscle that has to be strengthened. Mm. I don't think, oh. I don't think it got that good until or, okay. later on. Got it. Yeah. yeah. To put on a show, that's something else. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, do you mean like performing of just 
the music like as the like the instrumental pieces and that yeah I mean I'm just thinking I guess like I'm particularly intrigued by the fact that you have now put out two live albums back to back and this Mm -hmm. seems to be something that you are really um presenting yourself as Mm is like I'm someone who puts on a great live show and these songs are very dynamic and Mm -hmm. interesting to listen to in this live format even if I also just put this out as a studio album previously but now I'm also going to offer you the live version you know well I will say this it is my first live collection ever, period. Uh-huh. I don't think I was ready to do it until now. Okay. And it was also my manager's idea. So. Okay. It's <laughs> great. And then I'm glad. That's I an think, honest answer. I, I like think it. he picked up on, though, that we had really hit our stride live. Mm-hmm. And it's getting good. I'm proud of it. I'm proud of the sound. I'm proud of the aesthetic and the vibe. And it's like, it's not just about playing a bunch of songs in a row. And, you know, I think... I was maybe not I I'm a bit of a late bloomer I don't think I was ready to do a live record until that's now. so funny to say that you're a late bloomer when yeah you know, we know we, you from we know so you young. from 20 years ago or how long has it been 15 years yeah that's unfortunate 15 me, years it? <laughs> I do you feel that way because I feel like it's so awesome and cool but <sighs> but I did read that you said I was able to persevere after having success out of the gate, which as I thought was an interesting mm-hmm. choice of words that yes. having huge giant success yes. in what, 2002, yes. breakout star, um, that you had to then persevere in order to get to where you are now, Yes, which I think it sounds like you, I mean, the, the is it Liberman? Yes. Liberman is such a beautiful record and it is so different than anything else you've done. And so it, it does seem like you've arrived at this new place. But it's yeah. interesting, the feeling of like having to persevere through that success. Yes. Well, <laughs> And a late bloomer. Persevere is the right word because not everyone comes out of the box in the way that they really are and the way they should be seen or the, you know, like I will say um, when you don't have, I was so young. And I was also very much a cog in a huge machine, the major label machine. And um, I had to get my footing after that. And I don't, if I was to really think through a career and the way I wanted to present myself and the way it should be marketed and the way all these, all these decisions that take so much thought, it would have looked differently. It would have looked different, but it was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm this girl, I'm like, marketed as the anti-Britney, the, pro- the, the album is produced super slick by the, 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 my boss, you know, and then you grow up and I had to just sort of rewrite my story for myself so that I could feel like I can actually do this for the rest of my life, yeah. you know? Oh, that's such an interesting timestamp, the anti-Britney. Yeah. That, that is when it was, isn't it? That's what they called me. No, I love but I, me some Britney. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. No, but that was that time. And I'm just thinking, like, I was a total, like, you girl, not Britney mm-hmm, girl. Mm-hmm. You know, you, like, I could project myself onto you much more easily than totally, I was yeah. Britney in, at Catholic school. But it was still, in a way, just as corporate in terms of the model of how yeah, they right. sold it. Right. Totally. It was yeah, my it doesn't songs. mean that it was still you. It was right. my songs, but it's still... And you know what? That, that that does work for some people. Uh-huh. Some people come out of the gate and it's like, this is it. This right. is yeah. the road that I want to be on. Uh-huh. And other people have to rewrite it. Right. And, you I, know. I mean, there's a difference between feeling like, okay, I've, I've really had to evolve. But the success that you saw and with the music that was your music, even if it wasn't exactly how you would in retrospect have, have packaged it, like it, that trajectory is still has gotten you to this point do you still feel that way I mean are you 
Right. I think you. it's very important to take note of how all of your past experiences whether you enjoyed them or not and how they lead you to where you are mm-hmm. like right you cannot be just hating on <laughs> everything behind right. you right. it's yeah. just i can't carry that with me yeah right so for sure it's not i mean the, yeah the beautiful music you're making today maybe you were pushed to make that because of how you feel about the earlier stuff yeah who knows, you know, who knows? i <laughs> try not to spend too much time about thinking about it what yeah. i what once i kind of in my mind reconciled that my 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 20s Uh you know I think I'm so and especially becoming a mother and I'm a a wife I feel very connected to my instincts um Mm. it's just a a clearer voice in my head now Mm -hmm. so I think that makes you feel more secure about your aesthetic decisions yeah Yeah. this is so true about being in your 30s I think we're all around the same age Mm -hmm. and that's you're describing how I feel about my 20s versus my 30s for sure absolutely yeah Uh, yeah I I was just gonna ask you guys I think a lot of women that I know in their 30s feels feel similar definitely it felt great to cross that threshold absolutely i think i freaked out when i was like 28 about turning 30 yeah. i could like feel it i was like yeah. no, no 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 and then i crossed 30 i was like yes. yeah that's good yes and yeah. you were very open about a lot of sort of like life real life struggles mm-hmm. and things that you had to deal with that led you here as well which was probably a choice you know mm-hmm. you could have not done that you could have been quieter mm-hmm. um but i mean yeah, how do you feel that, about that what is that decision to open about open up about you know difficulties with drinking drugs mm-hmm. m- you know mental health is that productive stuff that, like mm-hmm. i mean it's all yeah could be very tough yeah um for me i learned through okay so i used to be very 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 closed off and private when it came to those kinds of things like kind of obsessively mm-hmm. i was like felt like a sinking ship kind of because of course like human beings do better with connection mm-hmm. as we all know so once I came out of like that isolation period and I would start expressing my own struggles, I found that so many people uh, instantly you connect to to human beings and it feels so good. And everyone is like grateful, but at the same time, it's really that like it's just that feeling the word that just keeps coming in mind is connection Mm -hmm. that's really all that matters Mm -hmm. um don't overthink it you know stay classy but if something really like my ectopic miscarriage for instance i was like what what is happening to me right now i don't how come no one's told me about this how come no one talks about this it's like i understand why no one talks about it but for me i think more and more i've i've accepted the fact that i just have to express the story express the experience uh-huh. and you know it then it diffuses it yeah you know and what was the choice there did you put it into music so much like how did it get reported on oh I wrote a note on my Facebook because I had to well I actually don't even know how to get onto my Facebook but I wrote a note <laughs> and I sent it to Rashawn <laughs> and because I had to cancel some shows because I had to have surgery okay mm. And I was like, I'm not going to just be like, oh, due to She's sick. Um, exhaustion. <laughs> right. uh, and, it, you know, I'm like, I'm going to tell people what's going on, mm-hmm. um, especially with women's reproductive rights and the, the whole situation. I just feel very, very open about expressing what's going on. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. 
Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Yeah. yeah. And uh, your moment at Nashville Pride talking about your sexuality in front of a bunch of people was a huge moment for a lot of your fans and LGBTQ community. Yeah. And yeah. is another example of, I think, people finding a connection with you. Yeah. Uh, which can only help the audience and help your art. And yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I felt good about that too. I, that was uh, funny though. I thought I was just talking to the people in front of me. Uh-huh. Um, I was, I had just flown in from England for that show. I was working on Rabbits on the Run at the time, which is my first album I had ever done outside of the major label system. So it was like, I was literally in the middle of nowhere outside of London flew in to do the show had no idea about like I guess I knew about YouTube and stuff but like and I like know what Perez Hilton is this is a time like Perez Hilton yeah it's like 2000 but I had no idea it was actually me performing and and making that statement to the world and like my yeah like my family and that was in the England or like Egypt (laughs) they're like or my mom's like Vanessa I'm getting texts from family members like she was fine (laughs) with it but she was like you know, she's more private than I it's am. It's great so. that you didn't have that understanding, maybe. I don't know if you would have been a little know. more timid to yeah. do it. <laughs> I but. don't think. I probably wouldn't have changed much, but... You but know, it's interesting your career surprised. yeah it wasn't like a strategy right. like, it wasn't like now strategy. that i have a huge bag of phone right. i'm gonna say it, it was, right it wasn't strategic right. but it's funny how your career has so spanned our you know way of communicating and technology and everything i mean yes. yeah that's right. what happens the days old. no i mean <laughs> when you start when you, you start on trl like that's what AD. it was <laughs> This is AD. I AD. was on TRL. Do you TRL. remember TRL? Oh, yeah. I have a Those were the oh, days. Yeah. You have a plaque? It's framed. <laughs> what plaque they made did they give me. you? They sent me a Just plaque. Just you were on TRL? No, because I had a number one um, video mm-hmm. or something. Which, by I the mean, way, has yeah. 144 million views on YouTube. Which one? Ordinary Day? I mean, 1,000 Miles? 1,000 Miles, which is That's wild. Cool. I mean, too bad I'm not getting a dollar for every one of those views. <laughs> Preach, sister. Just saying. Yeah. Wait, okay. I don't, I I just, I don't, this is the only question I'm going to ask directly about this song. I just wonder, <laughs> because you put it on um, earlier things live. Yeah. What is your relationship with that song now? It's good. It's fine. It's like, I play it first. Okay. Every show. And that's I like, good. every day it's I think like, that's so did smart. that become like, you you figured that out, that that would sort I of figured, diffuse or yes. something? I like, feel like that's good for you and <laughs> yeah. the audience. Yes, yeah. definitely. It's so for the majority of the people that are there, they're to hear these records, uh-huh. particularly the records they started releasing in 2011. Yeah. And for the other people that don't really know that stuff, um, and or it's just like that's their YouTube go-to song mm-hmm. and they want to have that night out where they're like drunk yeah. singing to the song. I can do that first and they can get it out of the way because right. actually our show <laughs> is like very intense and moody and uh-huh. like it's chill, 
but you can't be like screaming because right. we're like a right. duet right now. And so I, we figured that out the hard way on the last tour for the people that drink more and more and more throughout the show and just start <laughs> They're literally screaming it louder and louder, like berating you. Yeah. Oh so God. we just, like, we let's started just do it out of the gate. Yeah. We start with that song. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably a struggle for any artist that's been around for a while is like yeah. when, how to bust out the old stuff. That's like a, consistent crowd pleaser totally do you but get like bachelorette parties coming to your show <laughs> no i have okay. not had that i've had um I'm... a huge um collection of the strip club let out like right in the middle of our show and they all came <laughs> oh to our show and it was like this little old theater and they came in wait a group of men or women a, or both? a group of women okay and uh they were letting loose and they <laughs> that's funny that was that was when That's I was like, a challenging right, one. we are only playing that song first. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Plus, it's not something that I'm not nostalgic, so I'm not trying to keep people there right, so that right. they, totally. oh, they're going to stay because they want to hear that song. Like, that is the kind of attitude that I'm like, you know what, I, that's, we'll give this to you first. Yeah. And then hopefully you're like, oh, wait, there's something else going on here. I want to stay. Or you'll be like, all right, I got it. Right. Yeah. Right, I'm leaving. I'm totally. out. Totally. But, yeah. No, go ahead. So a thousand miles you wrote after you were signed to AM, is that right? But ordinary no. day no. I wrote them all before. All before you were so you were discovered. You were like writing songs and recording them in your parents' house. Yeah. On what was it then? Like a, just like a four track. Okay. And with the thought in mind, like, I got something, I'm writing these songs, I'm singing them, I'm playing them, I'm gonna go for this. Like you just yeah, I guess so. I mean, it was like, I thought I could make an album. Um, I ended up getting a publishing deal before I got a record deal. Crazy. I think in hindsight, though, it was really because of Ahmed Erdogan's attention that it all just sped oh. up so quickly. Wow, there's a name. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm trying to, he worked with, oh, man, help me. Everyone. He signed everyone. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. he found Atlantic Records. Okay. Right, right, right. You know, How did you connect with the Rolling him? Stones? Um, my father's a pilot and f was flying his friend. He's a corporate pilot. Was he the one who developed Ray Charles? Is that right? I think he signed yeah. Ray Charles. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was in Ray. Right, yeah. Like, okay. His character's <laughs> in like, Ray. Like, I can see someone playing him in my mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, you know thank you. <laughs> and that little four track tape I made, my dad gave to this man. And said, well, my daughter's a singer. Um, I know you know Ahmet Erdogan. Would you pass this on to him? There you go. And he did. And he not only did he listen to it, which is like a miracle. Right. Is he called me personally. Called oh, wow. me. I was still at ballet school. He left a message for me in the dorm on the like bulletin board. Someone. It was. It was. It was for me. And it said Omad called because whoever <laughs> wrote it didn't know the name. And awesome. uh, I was the like, message that I was like, "Who's Omad?" And then they left a number, and then I finally put it together. I called my dad, <laughs> and he freak? was like, like, "I gave the tape to his friend. Maybe it's Omad." Did you and freak out? Did so you understand? Yeah. Did you have visions of your future? Like, holy. This uh, is... Well, I couldn't think that far ahead. I was just trying to get through. Like, how do I meet this? So, do I yeah. call it now? Right. Like, yeah. Wow. Awesome. So but so the songwriting started in high school, and just yes. Yeah. Poof. But. What made me think of that then is is the ch the shifts that happened from you're writing them you're writing these songs yourself to being signed to this big label and having this team that changes the production changes the sound right mm -hmm. they like wanted to change the arrangements mm -hmm. so I wonder if a thousand miles an ordinary day and these songs off your first record didn't sound 
the way that you like imagined them and can even remember that now. Well, I will say this. I was like just like we talked about malleable early artists. I wasn't someone that had much of an uh, awareness of engineering and and I think the way a record is recorded, the producer is so huge and I didn't know enough about that and how I felt about the sonics of how a record should be recorded for me to have any kind of say that anybody would take seriously. So and I so I just kind of stayed quiet and let whatever happened happened, you know, and I yeah. but I tried to get involved when I could, but I didn't, you know, I'm just kind of looked at myself as like, well, I'm just kind of the writer and then I'll play it as best as I can during the session. And then like all the other stuff just is going to happen. And it's just all going to sound, I guess, the way these guys make it sound. Yeah. You know, and that's people sometimes just get really lucky early on if they fall into the lap of a producer that happens to be perfectly in line with how they want to sound 10 years later. Right. I mean, that's kind of a miracle, but mm -hmm. it happens, mm -hmm. you know. Do you feel like Liberman is the most truly you album so far? I think that's like a real baseline for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think um, Rabbits on the Run was like the entryway to Liberman. Mm -hmm. um, Rabbits was like that collaborative record with these artists I never thought I'd get to work with. And it really gave me the confidence to make Liberman. Yeah. And so here when I am. did you leave New York to go to Nashville? Like three years ago. Okay. Yeah. How does Nashville life suit you? I love it. I have, we have land, <laughs> that's I have nice. a car. <laughs> I'm a Dodge driver. Nice. All oh, right. Um, Did you pick up a little bit of a draw down I, there? I don't. I only want to say tile. Okay. Tile. I feel like even when you say Liberman, a little bit. Is it <laughs> um, we have to pause for a second. Sure. Do you? Are you? Are you on time? Yeah, Let's do, she has to go. Oh yeah. Okay. Totally. Right. Let's do it. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, oh, so we're talking about your move to Nashville. Oh, yeah. And I'm just wondering if you feel like you were able to have kind of a new phase in your artistry and career by moving there that you wouldn't have been able to have if you had stayed in New York. I don't know. It's more personal than that, I yeah. think. Um, I'm so lucky to have the family I have and such a peaceful, awesome thing. I just mm -hmm. didn't wasn't sure if I'd ever get to do that, you know? Um, like have a, a stable home yeah, life. Yeah, something I really want to go back home all the time. Yeah. So I'm just starting to write now. My baby is two now, so mm -hmm. it's like it's just starting up again. I go through periods where I don't write for a while, and then I'll just start writing a record. Yeah. Um. There's so never been know. such a gap for you. You've consistently had been releasing records, so even if it might feel to you. That there is a, I'm sure that there is actually this gap in writing, but you have been consistently putting out records every couple of years, so that's well. Cool. Ask for Sean about that because actually the distance between Rabbits and Liberman was like four years, but I for yeah. me for some reason that's like, you know, on average what it was been taking. This one might come out a little bit sooner. Let's see. The I next mean, one. I don't want to jinx it. Are you writing? I, yeah, I'm not even close to done, so okay. I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> um, How does it well, feel? Oh, no, I was, I was, I was going to ask about a next one. Yeah, so. that's all I got. To, that's all I got to say about that. There will be one. There will be one. That's exciting enough. Yes, <laughs> yes thank you. And you're right now on. You're with Dynalone Records. Yes. How's that going so far? I've loved it. 
I've really loved it. Um, you really they've had been very supportive and we got, you know, we submitted Liverman to them completely done without a name on it. So we wanted a real part. We wanted a, a, a real partner that was based on the music. And if they thought it was going to be easy to make this thing work because of my name from 15 years ago, it's not going to work. You know, like this has to be sold or promoted and or distributed based on what it is, which is sometimes a struggle if you have like a name in almost a completely different genre from before. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I was so thrilled that, you know, we were able to we had, you know, we were able to just submit this album without feel confident to just not put a name on it and just see what happened you know it was cool so that that's why we're together that's wonderful yeah i want to mention to people who are listening and can't see that you are wearing red today correct that for all our fellow sisters out there of course the fact that we even have to have a day to remind people what it's like to not have women is insane Mm -hmm. but here we are here we are as we we persist yeah i appreciate your political activism on social media it's rad. Thank you. Yeah. I don't know how anyone can not be at certain times. But you know what? I, I think it's important, and I really thought about this a lot before I left for tour because I was nervous about security. Mm-hmm. Once I get on that stage, once we do, as we do our show, that is for, like I was talking earlier, that is about connection. That is about a place where people can take a break from their lives, their stress, and just lose themselves in a dreamy show. And that's where I – that's the, the space that I do not – dive into that really you know yeah Yeah. I mean that's an interesting topic for a lot of us is how you reconcile being an artist with all the other needs that are happening with our citizens right now yes and if it feels futile to be an artist right now or if it feels more vital than ever yes well of course it feels it feels more vital than ever because people turn to art humans love art that's what the, how they lose themselves and how they connect to some other side of our brain that you o- you can only do through art whatever medium that is right and the other thing is artists are all, like my husband pointed out so astutely we're all small business owners so this affects all of us <laughs> this is not like shut up you i've heard gotten so many comments like shut up you're whatever celebrities talking you know like uh, what wh- who who are you to be complaining and it's like wait like what do you think we are like we're we have businesses that we run um just because we're artists doesn't mean like we like subsist on like fairy dust (laughs) and don't have um homes and you know cars and need health insurance and you know all of those things so we're all in this together that's how I look at it totally do you feel um do you feel that the climate is different now that you're on tour? I feel like that's it's a very interesting time for someone to be on tour with everything that's happening. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, yeah. it's... And that you're seeing powerful. all different parts of the country. Yeah, it's powerful. And then it's also like, oh, wow, like this is... It's, it's important. I think being a traveling... Traveling a lot, period, is what gives you perspective. Mm-hmm. You can't live in your bubble. You mm-hmm. can't just talk to people who are like-minded. Mm-hmm. It's It's good. It's good for us, you know, to to find the bridge between. That's like the key to it all, you know. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, definitely. And it's not, the music that you're playing is certainly a a beautiful place of release. Like you can come and just enjoy it. It does. You don't have to. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. We need that. Yeah. That's what I like too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this song I'm gonna play actually is called Blue Pool. It's from Liberman, and it's it's very much about it's kind of about in my head the way a woman's mind works and how it's like 
this so it's a forest and then there's like this secret garden area like way 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 deep inside and there's like this door you have to find but you'll never find it but once you do find it like you're in it's good i mean it's that's kind of what the courses right. are i guess it's a good time to play the song yes all right awesome <laughs> vanessa thank you thank you so much you're welcome thank you guys So nice to see you again. You're that gray blue pool in LA. I close my book, move my bag, make some space. Cause it's time to give that sun a break. Tell me now how these few years have been. What is living to honor the past? And I have been well, I say through a smile. These feelings they come and go fast. Cigarette and see the fame in your eyes Oh, sing me the new song you sing and Time for you and I was never quite right That matters and means everything Cause the garden walls broke away Before you know you're outside of it And the ivy's coming in It's so beautiful She's always kept you on her good side Some people, they still fight their fate I understood clear what you said with your eyes They all speak in different ways But the garden walls broke away Before you know you're outside of it And the ivy's coming in It's so beautiful, you can find it in the garden Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods 
all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 